Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And now it's time for Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is Clay Harbor. It is Alex Kuhn, our producer extraordinaire for today with the good tunes. And we're going to hang, be hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock on your way home as the sun is smacking you in the face. I remember, so I went to uh, high school in Chicago. It's called Lane Tech. Yeah. But, <clears throat> like, in my junior, senior year, we lived a little west. Yeah. So we'd have to take, you know, Addison or Belmont after high school or after football or basketball practice. And when you're driving westbound in Chicago, like, in regular streets, the sun, like, right now, look, yeah. at it, it's just yeah. smacking you in the face. It is it's semi-disrespectful. And then when your dad, like my dad used to drop me off in the morning, we'd be riding down Belmont, and like the sun, you're trying to sleep going eastbound, and the sun is smacking you in the face. You know what's disrespectful is you trying to sleep in the car. It's six in the morning, and I'm 15 years old. Bro, keep your dad company. You keep, you don't Stop sleep it. in the car. You, you don't are, know my dad. He said ever- three words in all four years of high school. On my way to dropping me off. You have a responsibility to stay awake w- with the person driving. Stop it. If he's driving, you got to stay awake and be, be no, up this there isn't with a him road and trip. talk to him. This isn't a road trip, bro. This is like a regular taking me to school every day. He's pissed, too. He got to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> he's just as upset. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Clay Harbor. Of course, if you do not know, Clay Harbor, nine-year NFL vet, played for the Jaguars, played for the Eagles, Play for the Patriots. Play for the Saints. All right, it'd be easier to say the teams I didn't play for. No, I want to give you your due diligence because you you are self deprecating. You don't you you're like a regular dude, but I am here as the regular dude to big you up, and I am appreciative of you being here. Uh, but you also are an Illinois guy. Yeah. And so since we're talking about you know we're going to be talking about a ton of football in a second. Yeah. But. What was that? Like, did you have to get to school early in high school? Were you like a 5 a.m. guy or were practices just after school? Like, what was that like for you commute to and fro uh, high school? So I was born in Libertyville, Illinois, lived in Waukegan for a number of years. But in uh, in second grade, I moved down to Dwight, Illinois. It's in the sticks, Gabe. You ain't never even heard of this place. Dwight, heard, Illinois is small. I went to SIU for a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. So I think I-57, I is that where it touches? I-55. Oh, five. Okay. Straight down I-55, uh, graduated with 60 kids in my whole school. In eighth grade or high school? In high school. to make 60, one, kids, 60 in, kids to make one pause, football wait, wait, team. Wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. Yeah. You had 60 kids 60, in your high 65 school? 65 in my graduating class. In high school. Slim Pickens, if you know what I'm saying. There was some slim pickings so out there. So you were a standout star. Bro, Yeah, I thought I was LeBron James right, for a right, long right. time. I told 65 you 65 kids. 65 kids. No wonder you're a three-star athlete. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I went to Missouri State, man. You know, I, I had the numbers. You know, you have 20-something touchdowns, 1,500 receiving yards, just murdering people. But, yo, who are you playing against? You're, you're the only black kid on the whole field. All right? Like, come on. In Dwight, Illinois. In Dwight, Illinois. It's all farmers. Somebody just texted, I'm from Mantino, FYI. <laughs> yeah, Mantino, they were in our conference. I think I had three tugs against them at homecoming my great. senior year. Sorry about it. Okay, so talk to, again, talk to me about the to and fro of high school, right? As, as, a, as a young Clay Harbor, you know what I'm saying? Like in high school, how are you getting to school? You walk in there? No, my grandma actually uh, would, would take us. We, I had, uh, I lived with Grams. My, yeah, I live with my grandma. We had, we had 10 kids. We had 10 people in one trailer. Me and my brother and uh, 
my mom sometimes, we live with my grandma. She would take my cousins first, come back, pick me and my brother up, drop us all off, have have food for us when Stop we get it. home, go to everybody's game, get us all to practice, have us wear some so decent shoes. So you weren't shoes. the only one playing sports? No, the, the whole family the was. We had 10 people in one trailer, man, the whole family playing sports. So grandma would get us breakfast. She would go drop them off first because we had a small car, couldn't fit everybody in. She'd come back, pick me and my brother up, and we, we would, uh, we'd go second. Then we'd go to school, get to practice afterwards. She, she'd pick us up after practice, come back. She has food for the whole crew. What? Yeah. The woman was absolutely amazing from the South, man. You know how those Southern people are. Okay. I got to be honest. That sounds pretty – like, I know it's the situation, whatever. Yeah. But that sounds pretty awesome. Bro. Like, Graham sounds pretty dope. She was dope. And when you're little, you don't realize that you're, you know, you're living in a trailer with 10 people. Of course not. It was dope. You wake up, your cousins are there. It's like a party. My it's like uncle, play, my great time is all Absolutely. time. Absolutely. We were just having a blast. And honestly, I wouldn't change it. You know, Dwight is a very small town, you know, interesting place. But, uh, you know, my family made it what it was. And, you know, my grandma was just amazing. Getting us to, getting us to school, cooking us all the food. And she was just, I, I, I swear there was two of her sometimes. It sounds like it's five Javante Greens, dollar in the bucket, <laughs> talking about the Bulls. But that's what it sounds like. I got to be honest, that's pretty cool, Clay. Yeah. I, I mean, like, seriously, like, to have someone, because you get to look back as an adult and see that and be like, wow, is Graham still around? She's not. She's not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wish she could have seen what her hard work led to. Oh, she's, yeah, she was, I mean, she just passed recently. She oh. would come to, she came to a bunch of games. She came out to Philly probably three times. Oh. She would watch every game on TV. <laughs> she would yell at the TV. And she was, she was good all the way up. And then she would always watch my games. She would come to me and my brother, you know, we played college football together at Missouri State. He was on off, he was on defense and I was on offense. You know, he was an all conference defensive lineman. She's yelling the whole game. People are like, is your grandma okay? <laughs> is she <laughs> okay? Offense and defense. <laughs> she ain't taking a breath. So I mean she was incredible. Watch sports, big Bulls fan, big Bears fans, big Cubs fan. And that's kind of how my fandom got started because she would always watch the Cubs, the Bulls, the Bears, loved all the sports and you know, she's one of the people that I, uh, one of the reasons I worked so hard was to, uh, you know, impress her and, and make her proud. That's awesome, man. And then you've done that tenfold. Uh, again, Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor here on 670, the score, hanging out with you guys. Some 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 texts already coming in, man. You got people shouting out Dwight, yeah. been to Dwight, Dwight from Beagle Fest. <laughs> people are out here already Harvest shouting Harvest Days you out, is man. coming up. Gabe, I'm going to take you down to Dwight on Harvest Days. Kids, man. That's our spring festival, bring or our fall festival. It's um, a bunch of shops. The biggest thing in the town is called Harvest Days. It's uh, live music. You got shops. You got a carnival. You got food. You got everything. Harvest Days. Gabe, you're coming to Dwight. When is it? It's uh, it's like September, mid-September. I'll get the date. But it's I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a city boy. You know I'm born and raised in Chicago, so I start to disintegrate right around Naperville. <laughs> yeah, like right, a, when we, right when we head out there, I'm like, yeah. can't keep In the cornfield. Ah! <laughs> like, yeah, we're past out. that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I'll take you up on it because I, I appreciate Harvest that. Harvest days. All right, so let's go back to those days. Let's go back to those high school days. And, you know, I, I had the luxury of talking with Mark Grody yesterday on the score right after the Pat Fitzgerald firing. And I mean, obviously it's, it's apples to oranges when you talk about the hazing that takes place in high school and other levels. And yeah. I went to Lane Tech here in, in Chicago yeah. and I, I, I told multiple stories, go listen to the podcast about, you know, what I went through in those spaces, but you, you know, we're, we're living in this space of you and your grandma taking you and, and playing in those sports. David Hall yesterday, who played at Ball State, he does our morning show here on 670 The Score. Yeah. Talked about how there is that rite of passage that exists mm-hmm. in football culture, sports culture as a whole. You've played at every level. But when, you know, I took you to a place. Yeah. I took you to the, 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 to the your 10 family members, to your grandma, to your high school days. Yeah. Do you remember or was there anything of the sorts like that at that level, at high school level, for you? At high school, as far as actual hazing for the— At any level, though, right? Because that's what I think a lot of people that didn't play football don't understand that there's— like David Hall said that they made him sing the fight song. 
right? Like yeah. little things. You're carrying pads and stuff like that. You're carrying the pads of the the old upperclassmen. You know, you're uh maybe you have to go against some of the older guys and they'll get the better of you. And nobody really wanted to do that when you're young. Um, you know, you're, you have to stay in, like, we'd have to sweep up the locker room as freshmen, <laughs> okay. like stuff like that. Okay. So, I mean, that's hazing. That is. Yeah. At a, at a certain point, I think, you know, it changes obviously to, to what, you know, we're correlating this to, but yeah, back in high school, there was some hazing, some stuff like that. There, I mean, you're carrying pads, you're you're sweeping up the lockers, you know, you're you're picking up the towels. They would make the freshmen do that type of thing, but nothing, you know, out of the ordinary yeah. in high school. Talked yesterday to Anthony Heron, you know, played at Iowa in the Big Ten, yeah. played, you know, in the NFL. Yeah. And he talked about how, you know, a level of this exists. You know what I'm saying? At, at every space. Yeah. And that he recalled a couple of stories where, you know what I'm saying? Like the younger dudes got to a tipping point. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Where yeah. you've seen somebody, a younger dude or a new guy, a rookie, like experience that tipping point? Yeah. Yeah. The kids, they don't want to, they, they think yes. they're too tough. They never want to deal with it. I'm not no punk. Don't punk yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, you know, don't come at me like that. I'm not, I'm not the one, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. And that's always something that you'll have a couple can you guys think of that a, do that. Can you think of a specific moment where, you know, they were trying to implement the hierarchy that exists in football culture and someone didn't like that? Yeah. So uh, I feel like in, in high school, one guy, you know, you got to go take pads to the locker room. So he took pads to the locker room. They tried to get him to come back and take some other pads that they had left there because he couldn't carry them all at once. Now there's this big thing. He's not going to do it. Who's going to do it? He's not going to, you know, then it, it turns into like a little bit of like an interaction about who's going to get the pads now. And, you know, I think a, a third party ended up going out there just so there wasn't an issue. But <laughs> yeah, there's been stuff like that where they finally say, "Hey, like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the one. I'm not going to do that. I already did this, and that happens for sure." It's 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 something that I think people are leaving out. Right there is the and and it's in any situation where you know a form of hazing exists, yeah. whether it's in fraternities, whether it's in football, baseball, whatever the culture might be. And when people hear about it that are not associated with it, it is shocking to them. But the fact of the matter is, it exists. Yeah. It's there. It's part of the culture. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I, as you go on, I feel like it, it kind of continues. I feel like I don't, we're, we're talking about high school right now, but I think in, in college, you know, it's even, you know, a bigger rite of passage, and especially like a small private school, Northwestern proud of their heritage where they've where they've come from they have some interesting stuff going on there and i know gabe i trained with all northwestern guys i trained at tc booths in northbrook Hmm. it's a sports performance place i used to throw even till last year me and trevor simeon are throwing on the fields every day i was drafted with mike kafka we're drafting the same round of the eagles played with kafka for three years i know a fadi odinigbo Dean Lowry. These are guys I trained with at TC Booth. My brother, Corey, the one I just told you about mm-hmm. as a linebacker at Missouri State, he was the academic advisor for the Northwestern football team for four years. I would go in his office in the locker room. I would train at Northwestern in the field house. Clayton Thorson. While you were in I've the NFL? Been, while I was in the NFL. Wow. I trained with those guys. Uh, Flynn Nagel, all these guys. Jeremy Ebert in the field house at Northwestern. Several times, Clayton Thorson, when he's training for the combine, I'm training. I'm going out there throwing with the guys with Simeon, Kafka, all the guys have been around Northwestern for a long time. And the crazy thing is, all these guys, every one of the guys that I've met, loved their experience at Northwestern, would go to Batfort and loved Fitz. So that's something that's crazy about it. And my brother loved Fitz as an employer. That was his boss. He, that's who he reported right. to. You know, well, he's hold his on, hold guy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because in those situations, I mean, no one's saying Fitz isn't a good dude. Yeah. Right? Like, like you're going to, like like he said in his own statement, 99% of the people are going to say that I ran a tight ship. Right? Yeah. But the fact of the matter, like, I hear where you're going. Yeah. Right? But it, but, but it's still, 
the people who like it's like we were talking about yesterday shortly with, with Mark Grody and we were talking about like you know racism towards minorities yeah right and where like a white person can be like yo that's not a big deal like you know what I'm saying what like why are you tripping off that and then and I said it's 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 in the eye of the victim as to whether or not Exactly. They feel uncomfortable, and then that's the issue. So, you know, when we're talking about this, I kind of get to that same space where I'm like, Pat Fitzgerald aside. Yeah. Let's, let's, okay, I understand. He's the golden boy. Everybody feels good about him, right? Yeah. Let's put him to the side. Yeah. When you're talking about the hazing culture, which we've just spent the last 15 minutes talking about, it has nothing to do with the coach. Yeah. The coach ain't making you go get pads and take them to, no. the, to the locker room. No. It's the players themselves. It's the people around them. It's whatever it is. But the moment somebody says, just like you did, I'm not going back to go get those pads, that's too much. Yeah. That's the key phrase right there, right? Yeah. It's too much. I already got the pads. I already did my due diligence. <laughs> yeah. I already shown my worth. Don't try to punk me and make me feel smaller than. And in these situations, that's what these players who have come out to say these things, that's what you were talking that, That's what we are. That's the space we're living in. Pat Fitzgerald's side. Yeah. There are human beings out there that are like, hey, bro, this was too much. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now in that space. So I think, and I, I said this yesterday too, Clay, you can be two things at the same time. Yeah. You can say Pat Fitzgerald is a good dude, but you can also say that the hazing that takes place in the culture of football, in that particular instance, it was too much from the player's standpoint. Yeah, and I I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. And I obviously, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because obviously in my experience, I've experienced hazing. Of course you have. Yeah, and growing up, like I said, growing up in Dwight, this small all-white town, being the only person, you can you can imagine the stuff that you're dealing with there. I mean, there's great people there, but there's also some very ignorant people going to Springfield, Missouri to play college football there. I mean, same thing. I mean, you're you're experiencing, I experienced a lot of bullying when I went to college, you know, uh, you know, being biracial, you know, you, you kind of get it from both sides. So it wasn't like there was one side that was mm. better or worse than the other. Hold on. Because I want to live there for a second. Yeah. Because I don't want you to gloss over that. Yeah. Right? Like as a as a mixed dude. Yeah. Deals with the light skin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's yeah. a light skin mentality. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and so you do kind of get it from both sides. Got think, it from both you sides. You know, like there are white people out there that don't understand that side of it. Right? And then obviously, you know, the other side does understand certain situations. But it's interesting that you bring that up. That you got it from both sides in college. It felt like I was too black for the white people, but not black enough mm. for the black people. And then, like, even, like, I would get, like, the people talking, they probably think I'm a white dude. You know, some, right. sometimes the way I talk, and, like, the, you know, I'd get made fun of for my voice because sure. I'm from Dwight, Illinois. I grew up talking a certain way, and, you know, whatever. That's where I'm from. You know, I didn't grow up in the city. Then you go to play college basketball, and, you know, these guys are from yeah. Florida. They're from Cali. Of course. They're from, you inner know, the cities. inner cities. Right. And, you know, I'm like, hey, how you doing? My name's Clay. Nice to you meet you. You and I speak differently, and I'm from yeah, the inner city. Exactly. <laughs> Dwight, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. So that was something I used to hate to talk in front of classes. People would make fun of me for, for my, you know, it was like a bullying thing. And then you got the these old, like, white linemen in the – you know, in the in the locker room that had a problem with me for like whatever reason. Sure. And so I mean I used to I my first couple of years I hated going to practice. I would try to sneak in when the locker room. When you say hold on, when you say first couple of years, be specific. Are you talking about college, of college. or NFL? College. Okay. So with college you, you get in there, you don't know you don't know what to do. You try to hang out with a certain group of people and sure. it's like you don't feel comfortable in either way. Luckily for me, I had my brother there, and I kind of stuck with him and his little crew, like as a tag along, you know. But I felt very uncomfortable. Was treated poorly by the linemen and by the. I was like, "That's how it is, man. You're just gonna have to deal with it." And then by the time I was an upperclassman, became good. I was the the beat. I was a big man on campus. Everybody looked up to me. I hung out with everybody. Everybody wanted to hang out with me. I was that dude when I saw somebody bullying somebody i said no we're not doing that anymore mm. and i made sure to stop that stuff that's what because i remembered i was that guy and i i almost transferred it was like it was the the my red shirt my freshman year and my red shirt freshman year got bullied a lot 
ended up coming back as my sophomore, became an All-American. Things mm. change when you're an All-American. <laughs> yeah. You go from being you're a backup. <laughs> you're no, the color doesn't exist no. at that point. <laughs> you're the man <laughs> right. now. And then all of a sudden, it was a different thing, but then you go into the NFL, and it's kind of the same thing, right? You have, when I was coming in, 2009, you know, the white guys hung out with the white guys, the black guys hung out with the black mm. guys. And then you're like, you know, it's like a similar type thing there as being biracial. Yeah. You know, you don't really know which way to go. And then <laughs> next thing you know, I end up having a, a little, like, a mixed kid crew. My buddy Kirk Coleman ended up being my roommate. I'm dead. That's Safety. hilarious. <laughs> Nate Allen, my boy. And then, then we all just started, Austin Howard. Yeah. Like, we just all started hanging out. And it was just like... It was weird that it's like that, but it's clicky. It's, I mean, it, there's bullying that happens. There's, there's hazing yeah. too. It's just a lot going on in that locker room. There's so much testosterone. A lot of it's done out of fun and team building and in respect, but some people take it as disrespect. So a lot can get, you know, lost in the translation of what you're trying to do. Yeah. And different people see different things differently. You know, some people will get the same thing will happen to them as another person, and they will take it as disrespect and be deeply offended. One person doesn't affect them as much. And that's the crazy part. You see it all the time. Like you say, 99% of the guys love fits, but you can't excuse when you start hearing the details of some of the stuff going on. Obviously, you know, we don't know if he knew. Did he know? Did he know something? Or, what? you know, at that's pretty inexcusable when I think about the level of what was going on, the reports of what they were doing. That's getting to a level of, I mean, the the the, the kids, the players that were actually doing that should be mm. the ones that are really doing something almost illegal. Right, because how far away can you get from the coaching staff and the coaches themselves to be able to, to execute something like that? That's Gabe Ramirez. It's Clay Harbor. Uh, we are going to take a deep dive into Pat Fitzgerald. It's the culture of Northwestern and what that looks like. But I appreciate you sharing, um, you know, what it's like to be a biracial member of the NFL fraternity. Because I think ultimately, like, the common denominator there, really, and I think it, it's what, what I think is great about your statement and what you just told that truth is that, Again, the common denominator there is that we are human beings and we try to associate ourselves with people that have similar upbringing. Yeah. Right? And so how so we can easily just point to a black and white thing. Yeah. When you come from a biracial nature and you and you you're able to say, "Well, I hung around with my light-skinned crew." Yeah. <laughs> but it really is, right? It really yeah. is people that you're whoever was in that clique, and yeah. I've seen this cuz my wife's biracial as well, she's half black, half white. It's like people that understand. Matter of fact, that's why her and I are together. Yeah. Because as a Puerto Rican male growing up in Chicago, playing sports, it was only black and white, just yeah. like you were talking about. Yeah. So it was difficult for me to try to identify with one or the other. Yeah. But you, you, you find those similarities in people, again, that have similar upbringings that have dealt with that plight of having to deal with yeah. both sides. And again, I, so it allows the conversation to not be a black and white one, but a a similar upbringing one. Yeah, exactly. Which makes it even a cooler statement because yeah. then you get to look at it on a, on a bigger scale. But we're going to continue that conversation. We're going to continue the Pat Fitzgerald conversation because that's what we do here on 670 School. We are live and local, giving you unfiltered opinions on what is going on in our city. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's nine-year NFL vet Clay Harbor. And as I mentioned, this is Chicago Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 670 the score. Let's get back to more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 the score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. What a beautiful Tuesday in the city of Chicago, man. It feels good. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is Clay Harbor. And we are hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock p.m. Sun is not in that little hinge position, but it's, it's, it's out there still. It's still shining. Enjoy yourselves. Go do some sidewalk seating. Where would you go right now, Clay? The Riverwalk. Go to City Winery at the Riverwalk. The Riverwalk is an underappreciated part of the city. Obviously, I love the lakefront. Biking down the lakefront is probably my favorite thing to do in the city. But if you're just trying to go enjoy a sunset, a nice glass of wine, the Chicago Riverwalk, City Winery, around that area, I recommend that. Gabe, take your wife, the no, kids, no, no, no. Uh, the whole I go there way too often. <laughs> yeah. oh. So I'm going to City Winery <laughs> and I'm Randolph about. to watch Music Soul Child in September. And then I've been to City Winery on the Riverwalk twice in the last two weeks. Oh. $52, bottles, $52 bottles of kava. Yeah, you're, cha- you're, oh you're my paying. Gosh, you're getting it. taxed. So easy. No, that, that's a steal. $52 for a bottle of some champagne? You and three friends? 52 yes, bucks? If I, if we were at the club, you and I, it's 52 bucks yeah. is a round. It's like yeah. less than a round. Yeah, I, went out, I actually went out this weekend for the first time in a while, and I forgot about these prices at these bars, man. You're rich. You're an NFL. Nine, man, let, me, let me say that again. Nine-year NFL alum, Clay Harbor. But hey, there's a difference. People oh, here NFL, they're okay, 10 million versus like a Literally, guy making 50 million. No, dude. no, no. I'm not going to let you sit here and try to have somebody have a, a boohoo story for you, bro. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I would go Google your last contract. Nobody nobody feels bad about you. Okay, I want to be very clear about your 52 bucks. Okay. Uh, and neither does our next guest. He's hanging out with us right now. Going to talk some Bears football. Of course, from NBC Sports, is hanging out with us. On the Busey Bank Score Hotline, building businesses, growing wealth since ni- uh, 1868. Uh, of course, we're talking about none other than our guy, Josh Schrock. Schrocker, what up, man? Good to have you on. Hey, hey guys. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Uh, where's my invite to this $52 bottle of wine night? I wish. I uh, only, if Clay, only if Clay Harbor's buying it. You got, okay, yeah. here's the deal. Yeah. I'm Clay, buying. Clay's, Clay's paying. I'm buying the $52 bottle of wine, but then you guys are coming with me to Harvest Days, Dwight, Illinois. Sure. sure. For the, uh, for the, Is there a for metro the that goes class. down there? Is there a, is, it don't go that yeah. far. It don't go that yeah. far. You how, do we get, how do we get down there? You got to yeah. drive. Yeah, Josh is like, I, I'm Chicago only. Like, Oak Park is the farthest <laughs> west he'll go. So that, 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 that's what you got there. Uh, Josh, yeah. let's talk some Bears football here for a second. And I think that if you are going to have the conversation about the Chicago Bears, it starts, it ends with one person and one person only, and that is Justin Fields. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait for this because and, I know Josh is going to be on my side about something. Hold on. So well, who's to say wait. we are on opposite ends of this conversation? All know. right. My thing is this, Josh. Mm, yep. I've been on a ton of shows across the country. People have been asking me about the Bears. And I've simply been telling them because, like, oh, everybody thinks Justin feels this, Justin feels that, Justin feels blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, guys, the expectations are low. I just need Justin, Justin Fields to be a tick better than he was last year. I, and, and if he can continue on that path, then I am okay with Justin Fields. I do not need to put all pro aspirations on him or, or, or you know what I mean, like top two quarterback, three quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> we know. With this upcoming season for you, you specifically, Josh. Yeah. Are your expectations for him to take that leap to all pro them, or is it just to be a tick better? No, I think it's, it starts with a tick better. I think asking someone to be an all-pro after a year in which he was a dynamic runner with the football but very shaky as a passer, obviously not all but his fault. I think that's a, that's a big ask. Now, I think that tick that I expect him to take is, is pretty significant just because the investment in the offensive line, the arrival of D.J. Moore, um, not only what D.J. can do for Justin but what he does for putting Darnell Mooney in a better spot, Chris Claypool in a better spot, Cole Komet in a better spot, 
the Bears have a lot of weapons, and Justin's got everything around him now to just prove he can be a consistent thrower of the football. We know the dynamism with his legs, um, but I, I'm not going to expect him to be, you know, Joe Burrow or even what Jalen Hurts did last year. But if he can be, you know, what in 3,000 passing yards, 35 total touchdowns. Can he be touchdowns? though, Josh? Can he? The, well, the Vegas got the line at 2,800 right now. 2,800. Well, that's, okay. Vegas is setting the line at 2,800 because I think they maybe rightfully expect the Bears to pull the ripcord on there. We're not going to run Justin a lot plan if the losses pile up. So that's something to watch, I think. All right, here's my deal. Gabe, right, let me have it. Gabe doesn't think, Justin, you got to realize there was two parts of this season, right? You remember the first six games. I was ready. I was like, this guy don't have it. Honestly, I was I was trying to be behind Justin, but mm-hmm. I'm like first six games, this guy don't have it. The next eleven, eleven, yeah. the next eleven. Obviously, the end of the season wasn't great. He was whoa, hurt. Whoa, but, whoa, whoa. See, here, Josh. They lost the last eleven. The next eleven. Okay, okay, but I'm saying after that pseudo bye week, okay, he uh-huh. improved greatly. Uh, can we can we not say that week seven to eighteen, Fields was fifth in the NFL in rushing yards. With 861 rushing yards, right? He, in, yep. in from he had a 67 QBR in the last eight games, which was fourth in the entire NFL. After week six, he had a 92 rating, not not great, but good, better. Not, not, 92 not rating, <laughs> six, 13 touchdowns, six interceptions in the mm-hmm. last 11 games. After starting four touchdowns, six interceptions. That was all with the worst receiving core in the league per pro yep. football focus. This year, Fair. they got him ranked as the 13th receiving core in the league. He has got more weapons. You try to piece together 3,000 yards on that team last year, you're not going to do it. <laughs> but if you try to do it this year, you yeah. can. Can you not, Clay, Josh? But Clay, Clay, what are your expectations, though? Like, I, I want you to tell me what you think is possible, because if you're going to tell me he's going to be an all-pro quarterback, I just think that's asking a lot from a guy who at times was really impressive and at times failed to see throws, failed to be confident enough to pull, you know, to pull it. Um, I, I think just asking for consistency is, is the first step, and if we get through the first four or five games and – it's pretty good, and he's he's seeing the throws, and he's confident stepping up and ripping it. Then you can ask for him to take another giant leap. But to go from what he was last year, which was twenty-two hundred yeah, yards, a really dynamic runner, <laughs> uh, he had some he had some nice single throws, but there were a lot of moments that were not good. To ask for him to go from that to you know Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow is is asking just a ton. But you saw what Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying he's going to be a Pro Bowler. I'm saying okay. he will be a top 15 quarterback throwing oh, football fine. with the running fine. running taken out of it. He'll be it's a low bar. Top 15 to top 10 throwing the football, right? So you so yeah, yeah, if your expectations are he's around what Derek Carr is, that's totally fine. I'm good with that. I thought you were I thought you were asking him to be like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow. But then you look at you look he at is. Trevor Lawrence, you look at Jalen Hurts. <laughs> what happened yeah. when you gave them People around him. Yeah, but what, what's this? What's this assumption that 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 if you give any quarterback in the NFL like weapons, then all of a sudden they are Jalen Hurts or or Justin Hurts? Because Herbert. because because Stephon Diggs turned Josh Allen into a superstar doesn't mean every time a young yeah. quarterback gets a one, they're going to be a star. I think it can happen, but well, that doesn't mean it's going to. Let's 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 live in that space because Clay and I have had this discussion about <laughs> DJ Moore. I don't I don't want to live in this space. No no no, we're you're. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, Josh, you are living in this space. So a conversation Clay and I have had at length is whether or not DJ Moore will be a thousand yard receiver. What is your what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think given the fact that he put up three straight seasons of eleven hundred yards playing with Kyle Allen, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Darnold, I'd say if he doesn't and he's fully healthy, that's a huge indictment on Justin Fields. So I'd say he better. Yeah, because my because my biggest thing is this, Josh. I mean, you and I, as long well as, as along with Clay, we've seen Justin Fields. He is not the type of guy that like the the quarterbacks that you mentioned that <laughs> will look at DJ Moore and be like, "Hey, you know what? I'd rather just throw you the ball and put it up see, in the air see, for I you to catch." I don't, I don't know. Based on what we've seen, OTAs and minicamp, I think spoon feeding number two is potentially on the menu. 
Okay. It helps a lot when you have a go-to receiver. He was yeah. okay. Mooney goes down. Gabe, me, he you. had Allen Rob. Like, why are we not talking about the Allen Robinson year when we talk about Justin Fields? Because that year was, I mean, he didn't even get any matter. reps. He, but you're a rookie he quarterback. Have, he, didn't, he didn't have any time to work with Allen Robinson. It's the same story with Cole Komet. But that's my point, Josh. Is that as a rookie quarterback, when you see a guy that is a bona fide number one, Allen Robinson is not some schmuck off the street. Allen Robinson number one. Throw him the ball. That didn't happen. And then he just kept on dinking and dunking to, Tyler, to Darnell Mooney the whole time. Again, I, I, my only concern is whether or not Justin Fields is capable of doing yeah. that with DJ Moore. That's my only concern. Will he? I hope to God he does. I'm just, I, I just think it's not, it's not crazy to be like, hey, his track record doesn't show that he's a target somebody a bunch of times, especially in DJ Moore, especially when there's a bunch of other weapons out there. So that's still uh, – I'm getting defensive. I might take here. I might take. But I, but I think a lot of people would agree with me. All right. Yeah, I want to ask Josh I, I, something else. Okay. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Let it rip. Just because you've, you've been out there, you've been on the field, and you've been seeing mm-hmm. you know, everything going on. I yep. want to know how this receiving core is going to shake, shake out. Because mm-hmm. first off, you got seven receivers that, that have an argument to make the roster. Some, a lot of teams keep five. And then yeah. first, where do you, who do you see slotting in where? Mm. Who do you see slotting in where? Well, I mean, obviously we got DJ. DJ's the one. He's gonna. Be, I mean, he's gonna get moved around, but he's gonna be the. He's gonna be the X. Uh, I think Moody's gonna be primarily in the slot, but they'll move DJ in there some sometimes because he's he's very effective in the slot. Uh, I mean, they want Claypool, you know, to be to be the other outside receiver. Yeah. Uh, I think Tyler Scott's a nice number four piece. Uh, he'll probably get a handful of snaps. I think people see all these receivers and the bears don't go, they're not going four wide. No. Right? They're, going, they're going two tight and way more than they're going four wide. Yeah, so absolutely. the guys who are, the guys who are getting the snaps are going to be more Mooney and Claypool. I put Scott at four. I think Valus is going to be five. I think he looked, he looked better in OTAs and mini camp. The he was catching the Christian. football. He was, he was catching it. He had a little bit of better connection with Justin. Um, and then, you know, I know they like EQ's run blocking. I still think Dante Pettis has a real shot to make this roster just because he and Justin seem to be on the same page. Justin hit him a lot. He like, runs good routes. I'll be honest. He runs good routes. Yeah, Justin hit him several times for deep shots during OTAs and minicamp. And we're talking about, you know, throwing in shorts. It doesn't matter a lot. But from what yeah. I've seen, that's what I would go with. So, yeah, i go, you know, more Mooney, Claypool, Scott, Bayless, and Pettis if they keep six, which I imagine they will. And right now I think EQ is the odd man out just because, you know, he was brought in last year as a run blocker and a know-the-system guy, a kind yeah. of a standard setter, and I, I just don't think – it never really developed with Justin last year. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's, un, that's unfortunate. We're talking to Josh Schrock here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Clay Harbor. What were you going to say, Clay, about the wide receivers? You're talking about well, Dante I, Pettis I, not running good routes or what? No, I EQ wanted, being cut? Quickly, I wanted to say, okay, we gave DJ Moore 1,000. How many are yep. you giving Mooney? I don't know. We got to see how we got to see how he looks after the ankle. That's true, but you got to give him at least five, right? I mean, I have to. Yeah, you have to give Claypool five, right? You have to I think low the, ball. Clay's I, trying to work his yeah, way yeah. up to three thousand yeah. yards right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't think I don't think Clay's wrong here because I think the Bears, you know, if you were to ask them internally, I think if they can get you know what Chase Claypool averaged in his first two seasons, which is about eight hundred. That's what they want. Yeah. yeah. They get 800 out of him and, you know, another seven, eight out of Mooney and what, five, four, five out of, out of Komet? Five, three out of Tunyon. Josh, and then running backs. Josh, let me ask you this. Because I think the big, I mean, and we're in this space right now where we're talking about yeah. the receivers and how many yards they should get and, and Justin Fields. We haven't even mentioned the tight ends and dumping it off to the, yeah. to the running backs. What should this, what, like, what should we be expecting as fans? Of this Bears offense, yeah, I, I think it's it's really fun to talk about all the weapons, especially based off what we saw last year when there when there really were none. Um, but it's still a run first offense. They're still gonna they're still gonna pound the football. This passing game is gonna be predicated off the successful wide zone action, off the play action game. Like they're not gonna drop back and shotgun and just chuck it 30 times. That's not what they're going to do. It's just, it's just, I know people want to, like, they right. want to do one. They want to times the, all last year. They're not going to do yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they want to they dream of the Remember the Titans scene where he's like, who do they think they are? The New York Jets? <laughs> it all over the yard. And that's just not, that's just not what this is going to be, right? It's going to be a lot of cool, a lot of performance, and then some play action stuff. And then, you know, when they get into, 
you know, second long, third long, then they'll drop back and throw. But it's not going to be a throw it, you know, 28, 30, 32 times a game team. That's just not, that's not what they are. No, I, I, I do think that this offensive line has gotten much better. And I know you're on the ground in there. I just need updates because I think Tevin Jenkins can be one of the best guards in the league. Nate Davis, I haven't got to see him in person. What I saw in film of him last year, I like him. He's a mauler too. I think Cody Whitehair, if he returns to form, along with these two tackles, Braxton getting stronger, uh, Darnell Wright, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you never know what you can get with a rookie. What can you tell us about the uh, the offensive line from being inside there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to gauge what, yeah, what they're they do. Right now. Yeah. They can't be, they're not doing a lot, but I mean, it's certainly a much, it's a much improved unit mm-hmm. from what they had last year. I mean, remember this time last year, you know, they're coming in, they didn't have a right guard, right? They had to sign Schofield off the street, right tackle, yeah. completely question mark, they signed Riley Reef. Uh, they're much better. I think Kevin Jenkins, the thing is, with all all the five starters, there's a question mark, right? I think if Tevin Jenkins can stay healthy, which has been an if so far in his career, he can be a, a very dominant left guard. Absolutely. He's a tremendous run blocker, and he's working on the pass pro. He's talked to me about kind of a technique flaw that he noticed last year. He's trying to, you know, switch that work over to the left side, so that's a work in progress. Uh, we know about Cody and the exchanges and shotgun, but his best season came as a center. So he's, you know, the thought is he'll be much better at center than he was last year at left guard. Nate Davis. You know, was the the uptick in pass protection last year was great? Was that a contract year thing, or is he actually getting better there? Because he was pretty bad in pass pros for his two years. Yeah. Um, and then Braxton Jones, right? They they love Braxton Jones, and he had a detailed plan to go into the offseason. His first real NFL offseason, right? He comes out of the combine, he's drafted, he's thrown in, no time to to get stronger, to to develop. This is his time. Braxton Jones, man. I'm a huge does Braxton that, Jones guy. Does that work pay off? If that work pays off, man, and you found a, at least a good, not maybe maybe not an elite, but a good left tackle in the fifth round, yeah. that's a massive win because Darnell Wright's going to be good. And then, you're, and then you're set, right? So on paper, it's a lot better. I think the big question I have is the depth. Yeah. They have no depth on the O-line, if, and those guys get banged up, right? So yeah. you're looking at Lucas Patrick as your backup left guard, as your backup center, yeah. probably your backup right guard. <laughs> Larry Borham's a swing tackle that I'm not sure they're really thrilled with because they didn't draft him and his body's not really where they want it to be for their scheme. So that's tough. But yeah, the, the first five is, is worlds better on paper than, than whatever was, you know, protecting field last year. Yeah. That's what they were trying to do last year, right? Get the best five to play that, that, that front line. And, and uh, here yeah, they are. They got, the best, they got the best two and a half last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two and a possible. Tough. like they were playing spades last year. Hey, Josh. Yeah. I appreciate you hanging out with us and uh, giving us some uh, amazing Bears insight. Can't wait to talk to you again, all right? Appreciate it, Josh. You got got it, guys, anytime. Of course, Josh Schrock from NBC Sports Chicago hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is Clay Harbor. Want to open up the lines for a little bit. Phone lines are open right now. And, you know, before we get back into the Fitz thing, obviously it's going to dominate, you know, a little bit later in the show. But let's live in this Bears space. Let's get some positivity out there. Let's get some fun conversation. What are your thoughts on this Bears team? Is, like, I just said it, and I asked Josh, I said, bro, receivers on receivers, tight ends on tight ends, dump off to the 27 running backs that the Bears have and Justin Fields. Like, what's your, like, what is your expectation of this Bears offense? I am curious what you think. 312 644 67, 67, phone lines are open. We'll take your calls after this. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Clay Harbor. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... 
the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Let's get back to more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Gabe Ramirez, nine-year NFL vet. Clay Harbor hanging out with us today on 670 The Score. Taking your calls. 312-644-6767. It could be Bears related. It could be... Pat Fitzgerald related, if that's what uh, you choose to speak about, which is what we will uh, talk about in depth in the 7 o'clock hour. Um, but let's go to the phone lines. Again, 312-644-6767. Go out to Rich. So, Rich, I mean, obviously there's been so many opinions when it comes to this Pat Fitzgerald thing. Um, and people are on opposite sides of the fence, whether or not they feel as though you know he should have been fired. What's your take on this whole thing? Well, as I told the producer, uh, I'm an ex-college football player. And uh, and having been, and I'm older, so I played in the 70s. And I played played in the South. I grew up in, I'm not from there, but I grew up and played in Florida. And uh, I got to tell you, this whole thing about hazing, first of all, I'm a big Fitzgerald fan. And and I think if you're going to go after somebody for hazing, uh, and I think if you talk to anybody that played the game, especially back in the older days, like my generation. There isn't anybody I know, teammates, friends, that have any kind of football significance, including you guys talking about it, that hazing wasn't pervasive. It was everywhere. And and the, the point I want to make is that nobody kind of brings up is that was part of the rite of passage. As a freshman, I was 17 years old. I graduated 17. I didn't turn 18 in the third game, and we weren't eligible as freshmen. We had freshman teams. But we scrimmaged against the varsity in the Division One program and got killed, right? And I'm thinking, all right, this isn't going to be real good. And the hazing really came in my freshman year. They shaved our heads. Every freshman got their head shaved from the seniors. But you look like you came from a concentration camp when they're done with you. You couldn't even recognize the guys that got recruited in your class. Well, that was step one. Then what is really not understood, and two things I want to point out, the coaches know what's going on. Anybody you talk to will tell you that. And I guess part of it is lack of control, of program control and oversight, which is what Fitzgerald was being kind of criticized for. Because i got to tell you something. The truth be told, and everybody will tell you this, the coaches know. This thing about, well, I didn't know that we ever did any of that after 17 years, and even the assistant coaches. But the real thing that I have a problem with, the hazing does come from, you know, the older guys, and everybody will tell you that. But you know what the primary hazing was, at least in my experience, was from the coaches, the coaches themselves that would try to run you off. Because most people don't know that a college football scholarship is a one-year renewable deal. It's not four years. It never has been. So the people they think are weak links, and fortunately that wasn't me, but I saw many a guy go into all these extra practice drills and get killed to try to discourage them and get them to quit. Yeah, I totally understand. I mean, and, and again, you know, we can talk. I, mean, I think you, I think those that have never played football understand by now that there is some sort of we can call the hazing, we can call the rite of passage that exists. And I think that that's okay. I think it's, I think with this Northwestern situation, I think where people are shocked, and Clay, I think you would agree, is that is, is the level they got to, right? Because when you start to see all the things, you know, naked quarterback yeah. hikes and all that, like, and you can look at, of course, anyone that is unfamiliar with it can look at, oh my God, that's crazy, that's disgusting. How could they, right? But even those that understand hazing can look at that and be like, all right, you know, we dealt with some hazing. Like David Hall said, I've seen the, the anthem. Like you said, you had to carry pads. Like like uh, you know, Rich just said, I had to get my head shaved. Those, those things sound like hazing things. Yeah. It's the other things, right? Yeah. It's, the, it's, the, it's the next level of that stuff that I think people 
do not have a problem with. And we're, we're going to discuss that on the other side because I want to hear your take on that. Yeah. Clay, I want to hear you as someone that has gone through this type of stuff at every level, including the NFL, I'm sure. We haven't even talked about that yet. Yeah. Uh, but I want to hear about that from you specifically on the other side. All right, don't go anywhere. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is Clay Harbor. Uh, we're hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock, and Clay will give his take on what he felt uh, about uh, the Northwestern situation and the place that it eventually got, which led to the firing of Pat Fitzgerald. We'll talk about that after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor, right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.